Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There is no better group of plants for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with some of your gardening quandaries. Later on, I'll be speaking to Professor Nicholas Spence. You may remember we spoke to Nicola six months ago. She's the Chief Plant Health Officer for the Department of Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. Back in September, we discussed Xylella fastidiosa, one of the most threatening plant diseases around. Nicola will be keeping us informed about the potential risks in our garden and what's being done to combat them. My thanks to Sutton Seeds, sponsors of this podcast, and to Charlie Jones, my producer. As I sit in this uh, artificially lit, fairly dark studio, you may be interested to hear that in my buttonhole I have a really nice, fresh, yellow sunflower. Pretty remarkable, I think, to have a live fresh sunflower here in February and it is of course a bloom from that sun believable that I've been talking about. I mean it's an amazing plant. I took a cutting back in the autumn, it sat on the windowsill and flowered pretty well through to Christmas and now it's starting to flower again. It's going to be a great plant. Wouldn't be very happy outside in that east wind this week mind you. Uh, but at least that cold wind will mean the uh, daffodils will last a bit. I had an inquiry this week from a reader in Scotland uh, who's uh, grown a pineapple. They bought it from Morrison's apparently and have actually grown the plant and got it to flower in 18 months. Goodness, they must have some heat in their greenhouse to do that. I mean, I've rooted the tops of pineapples and got them to fruit in three to five years, but to do it in 18 months is going some. I noticed a charm of goldfinches flying about in the garden today and they were feeding on Radbeckia. Oh, that's a great plant. Flowers for weeks and weeks in, uh, well, midsummer right through to the autumn. And then if you leave the seed heads on at this time of the year with a bit of luck, you'll see an absolute flock of these very pretty birds. Gardening can be fun all the year round. Oh, in the news this week... The Horticultural Trades Association are going to build a garden at the Chelsea Flower Show designed by former Blue Peter gardener Chris Collins and the whole theme of the garden is to promote the health and well-being aspects of gardening. I mean we've all known for years that even looking out on green things can make you feel better and there's no question a little bit of time pushing a mower or doing a little hoeing and digging Good physical exercise uh, is good for us and it's good for the mind too. It's going to be uh, an urban garden apparently with an outdoor gym 
and a summer house. I can tell you I don't need uh, an outdoor gym. There's no time for anything except gardening, gardening, gardening. There are, however, a number of courses uh, being introduced across the country. Uh, I noticed that the Cottage Garden School up on the uh, North Essex boundary, run by Lucy Chamberlain, the uh, amateur gardening fruit and veg specialist, uh, is doing a, a rose pruning course. That's on the 24th of February, so you'll have to be quick this weekend. And if you can't make Lucy's course, well, we're putting a little video on sungardening.co.uk to show you how to prune particularly climbing roses at present. Out in the garden, it is worth uh, getting mulches on wherever possible. You know, under my soft fruit, black currant and gooseberry bushes, I'm trying to get a spread of really well-rotted manure. If you can lay hands on some spent mushroom compost, that's absolutely perfect, actually, for mulching, because it's sterile, has no weeds of any kind, and does a really good moisture-retaining, weed-smothering job. A composted bark is another option. If that's quite coarse, I like to see putting down a weed-suppressing membrane first under shrubs and soft fruit bushes and fruit trees, and then just putting the coarse bark on top for appearance sake. I mean, that will certainly suppress the weeds without question. I'm very fortunate today to have time from uh, Professor Nicola Spence, the Chief Plant Officer for DEFRA. That's the Department for Environment, Food and Rural Affairs. You uh, may recall that she was good enough to speak to us uh, in September. Uh, Nicola, an awful lot has happened, hasn't it, since we spoke, particularly as far as the bacterial disease Silella is concerned. Yes, Peter, we were hoping to secure much stronger controls against the threat of Xylella in high-risk hosts. And I'm happy to say that um, subsequently the UK has led um, a very sort of strong set of measures which have now been adopted by the other member states. Um, that was approved before Christmas and actually they come fully into law on the 1st of March. So from the 1st of March, if plants which are known to be high risk of xylella, so that's things like um, olive, oleander, polygala, prunus, lavender, and rosemary, they now can only be moved if they've got uh, official inspection and testing attached to them. So they will have a passport with them which shows where they've come from and that they have been tested by officials and found to be free of xylella. So I think that gives us greater confidence that those hosts that are being moved within the EU uh, are only being moved if they're clean and it's safe to do so. There is also uh, an improvement in the way outbreaks are managed by the member states which currently have xylella which are Spain, Italy, France. And I'm happy to say that the outbreak of xylella in Germany is almost ready to, to be declared eradicated. So I think we have seen some good progress. And, and you're you know, fairly happy with the way it's moving then, obviously, from what you say. Yes, well, I think we all feel that we've got better control measures. 
The other thing that's been happening is that uh, the industry, and particularly through industry bodies like Horticultural Trades Association and the RHS, they've actually, many of them, decided to have a voluntary ban on the highest risk hosts. So that's also very helpful. Uh, they're sufficiently concerned about the risk of xylella that they feel that certain hosts are simply not worth taking the risk. So the public might find that some of their plants that they go looking for at nurseries might not be available. And I think it's important that they understand that that is because they are such high risk that nurseries are not prepared to take a chance um, and um, unknowingly introduce xylella. Yes, I mean, with things like lavender and rosemary, we can grow our own, can't we? This, uh, you know, whilst coming from Spain, they may look fresh and nice very early in the year. Uh, there's absolutely no reason why we shouldn't produce those here at home. No, absolutely, Peter. And we've got, you know, very good nurseries that do produce those plants. I think the problem is that um, people designing gardens are sometimes specifying plants like this out of season. So that means, you know, if you're specifying a lavender um, outside the kind of normal UK growing season, then they end up having to come from overseas. Um, so I think it's time that garden designers and nurseries work together to understand, you know, what the risks are and to try and specify plants um, that can be produced in the UK uh, and are safe to be produced and, and moved. Yeah. Now, a fair bit of this is about communication, isn't it? And there was a high-level um, biosecurity conference at Highgrove where uh, some really significant people got together to discuss plant health, particularly in respect to imports. Uh, I think you spoke at that event. Yes, well, it, it was quite an extraordinary event. And I think it's well known that His Royal Highness Prince Charles is passionate about trees and particularly the environment. So he is sufficiently concerned about the threats to our trees that he decided to convene a high-level meeting um, at his home, which was very much appreciated, and we really welcome his involvement. So we had about 100 people there um, from all sectors of industry, both in the UK and from Europe, uh, and it included Lord Gardner, the Minister with Responsibility for Biosecurity and also Michael Gove, the Secretary of State, joined us for the afternoon. And it was an opportunity to hear from all of us uh, where we think the threats are and where we think the opportunities are for us to work more effectively together to better manage plant health and biosecurity. So I spoke at that meeting about um, government's response and how we're trying to manage some of the threats um, that we feel the UK um, might be subject to, uh, and also a call to action by industry designers, arboriculturalists, and also think about how we engage the public in the fight against pests and diseases of our plants and trees. Well, I mean, part of the reason for our conversation here today is to make the public aware that really... It's better if they don't bring plants back from holidays and from trips, don't you think? Absolutely. And I think as we're thinking about Easter holidays and summer holidays, um, at DEFRA we are planning a bit of a campaign this, this holiday season 
to try and make sure the public understand the risks of bringing back plants and cuttings and plant material. And particularly because we know that there are xylella outbreaks in the south of France, in Spain, in the Balearic Islands, Corsica, uh, and in Italy, we want people to make sure that they don't bring back plant material, they don't bring back cuttings or seeds, or any any kind of plant material because of the risk that they might pose to the UK. Oh, even seeds, because I, I had thought that uh, seeds could have been all right, but even seeds could be a problem. Well, seeds aren't so much a problem for xylella, but lots of other pest, um, diseases can be seed transmitted. So absolutely. Really, we want to try and foster um, the spirit of do not ever bring back any plant materials, seeds, fruits um, and cuttings from your holidays because there may be threats lurking in them and you, know, and you cannot be sure. So it's better not to take the risk. And if you care about protecting the UK, then please do not bring back any material. Well, anyone travelling to Australia and New Zealand will know that their borders are absolutely no plant transport aren't they you know you're we're pretty well searched and dogs sniffed over and all sorts so there's no plants going into those countries no exactly and um in fact at an eu level there will be um stronger controls coming in on passenger baggage in the future and here in the uk we're looking at how we might want to strengthen some of the messaging and some of the activity at the borders to, to reduce this risk. Now, after the Highgrove uh, meeting, there was a series of conclusions, weren't there? I mean, border control, importation, restriction and quarantining, then you're already looking at that, aren't you? Uh, and, and Q, I think, have a one-year's quarantine, don't they, for plants brought in onto uh, their botanic garden? Yes, well, some nurseries um, already have a voluntary quarantine on high-risk material. So we're looking at what are the opportunities to work with industry to develop um, assurance schemes, certification schemes, and indeed, if they feel that they want to go as far as quarantining, how that might work. I think part of the problem with quarantining is it adds a lot of cost here in the UK, because obviously if a nursery has to keep a, a plant or a tree for a year, uh, then it's, it's sitting there, it's taking up space and time and effort. We would rather that um, the pre-border checks took place and maybe quarantining took place in the country of origin, so that that reduces the burden of cost. Am I correct that, that you are um, monitoring over a thousand potential pest and disease problems? Yes, so the way we monitor plant health risks um, are through um, the UK Plant Health Risk Register. So this is a massive database of all the threats that we um, review on a monthly basis. We publish it and it's available online if anyone wants to have a look at it uh, through the um, plant health um, information portal. That's available online and it's searchable. So we essentially are always looking out for new threats and then we will have a technical evaluation of them. So I've got a team of specialists who will look at 
what the threat might be to the UK, how might the threat arrive here, and what might we be able to do if it did arrive. And then we give each pest or disease um, a ranking on that uh, risk register. So we're looking at uh, approaching 1,000 pests and diseases now which are on the register. Many of them are very low risk, I'm glad to say, um, but we're actively monitoring uh, about 40 to 50, which are in the higher risk category, where we're always looking out for new reports or something changing or, um, you know, the potential for a pest or disease to start causing a problem. And if it does, then we'll review what action we might need to take, whether that's new legislation or communicating with industry or the public uh, to make them aware of the risk. Nicola, that's one formidable task. And I thank you very much for sparing time today just to bring us up to date. And we'll do our best to make sure that uh, listeners aren't careless when it comes to bringing in any kind of plant material to the UK. Thanks very much, Peter. Now for my gardening gag. Uh, You know, we were talking about that lady last week peering over the fence. I actually hear somebody was complaining that their neighbour had put in a jacuzzi and was splashing about in it in the buff, as they say. How about this story coming in in the paper? I've always saved much of my own vegetable seed and this year I won first prize for the heaviest marrow in our show. When I told the wife I thought I'd developed a new strain... She said, it serves you right. You should have got someone to help you lift it. Thanks again to our sponsors, Sutton Seeds of Torquay. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co.uk up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 